Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Can you believe we made it here? I have to ask you. I really genuinely, with my whole heart, cannot believe we made it here. (laughs) Yeah. In an effort to kind of, I guess, humanize this podcast and also relate to the Monday morning struggle, I just want to give you guys a 30-second recap of what happened this morning. So as you may or may not know, the last month or two months, there has been excessive construction in Julie's area. And it was gone in the last week. And we were overconfident. I would say that we were getting cocky. We were so excited. We like really thought that we were in the clear. And Julie and I both didn't fall asleep till 5 a.m. last night. We wake up this morning, Julie texts me at 8 a.m. She's like, I know you're going to think I'm lying. The fucking construction is back. So we tried to see if we could make it work. We went on. She's like, maybe if I mute my mic, it wasn't happening. She got in an Uber to Isabel's apartment, which is where she's recording now. She gets there. The Wi-Fi doesn't work. We finally got it figured out, and I'm feeling very relieved. Listen, I'm not about to drop my address, but if you think I'm talking about you and you are currently in the middle of a townhouse construction that has literally been taking months and months and months, just know that when you move in, you should be dropping an edible arrangement at my door. <laughs> to say the very least, this has been, yeah. You know what, Julie? We're here though. We we survived. This morning has added so many years to my life, or taken so many years away from my life that I forgot the Grammys even happened. It feels like it's been a full week since the Grammys at this point. <laughs> I know. So anybody else that had a rough Monday morning, traffic, whatever it was, we very much relate, but we're here now. And I have to say, obviously we were live texting the entire thing last night, but we haven't sat down and actually talked about the Grammys, which I'm really excited to do because they were phenomenal. Yes. And I feel like I very rarely have mostly positive things to say about an award show. And I am so, so excited to get into that. Me too. So as you guys know, every week we're highlighting a black owned business. And this week, it's actually one that we got sent to us about three times this week. I don't know if it's because it went viral on TikTok or what the deal is, but it's called Pretty Honest Shop. As always, I will put all the information in the description, but they make these really cool soy candles and diffusers, iridescent candles. But I love the candles that are kind of like in the body shape and they have all different skin tones, all different sizes. I just like it a lot. And as always, all the information in the description. Okay, Julie, are you ready? I am very ready. Okay. We are obviously starting out with a Grammys discussion and I would like to frame it by reading two paragraphs from an article that we saw this morning from Rolling Stone that was titled, Surprise, the Best Grammys Ever. The pandemic meant this year's Grammys were a true music celebration like never before. Let's Never Go Back by Rob Sheffield. And I want to kind of set the scene by reading this because 
last night as we were watching, Julie and I were texting the entire time being like, is it just us or is this amazing? So then to wake up and have this article, it felt, I guess, validating. Yeah, because you never really know if you're right in your opinions or if it just happens to be a really good award show in the midst of not so good ones. But we kept saying, we were like, this just feels different in comparison to all the Grammys, not just the award show season amid coronavirus. Like there was just something that separated and it felt so fun. And so for that article to come out in the morning, it was like, okay, we weren't exaggerating. Like it wasn't just in our heads. Like it was genuinely other people are on the same page as us. Yeah. So let me just read you guys the first two paragraphs. So Rob writes, what can you say about a Grammy night that begins with Harry Styles in a feather boa and ends with Billie Eilish saying, what's up, Ringo? Just this. They should always do the Grammys this way. Last night was the best Grammy show ever by an absurd margin. Nearly four hours focused on artists doing their own songs. Every performance excellent. No audience and barely any awards. No stupid comedy bits. No presenters reading scripted banter. No Zoom screens. No, let's ride the subway with sting montage, just music. This is totally out of whack with history. I've been watching the Grammys since the days when David Crosby was handing them out to Fleetwood Mac, and I can tell you this has never happened before. The Grammys did it this way out of necessity, to adapt to the COVID pandemic, but there's absolutely no reason to go back. The best touch was the artists hanging around the soundstage cheering each other on. Harry Styles singing along with Black Pumas, Mickey Guyton singing along with Miranda Lambert, Bad Bunny grooving to Dua Lipa, First-time producer Ben Winston gave us a totally new show, and let's hope it stays this way after the pandemic is over. I mean, yes to every line. Uh, so much yes. Also, my favorite part, which they mentioned in that article, was the artists hanging around watching each other sing. Yeah, because I think all of the performances weren't live, correct? No, every single performance was pre-recorded. Right, and there was something about that where you could tell they were really just in this almost this is a weird word to use. It almost felt like an incubator, like a creative incubator where they were all just kind of waiting for each other. And there was clearly like a celebration and this mutual respect that seemed to be throughout the entire room. And I was, I was just on such a high watching it. I just thought all of it. Yes, it was so well done. It felt live because you had the other artists in the room with them. So when Harry's singing and you can flash to Billy or when Billy's singing and Harry's there cheering her on, like, that's exactly the star power we were talking about when we were discussing the Golden Globes. And we were saying like, you know, we love the audience. We love the idea of putting first responders there. There's just the fact that what makes an award show feel like an award show is when you notice the star power in the room. And last night, even though it was entirely different than it was done in the past, in different capacities, you kept getting that star power. You got the star power during the performances. You got the star power because there was an audience of celebrities. It just brought back that level of star power, but not in a way that made you feel like they were doing anything wrong. Uh, yes, I think that that is beautifully said. And I also have to say that something we were talking about when we were talking about the Golden Globes was how we so wish that in the moment that Jason Sudeikis won, it could flash to Olivia Wilde. And I think having the flash for the performers that were, I guess, waiting on the side stage to go, that was one thing. And then also, you know, the moments that you saw of Taylor Swift when Harry Styles won or Harry when Taylor won, or even being able to see their interaction, which surfaced later on in like a behind the scenes video. Those are the moments that you just can't really recreate. You can't mimic. No, I so agree. And I'm so, so happy we got that last night. It felt very special. I mean, listen, I know we will get into this in depth in a little, 
But when that camera panned to Beyonce and Jay-Z without us knowing that they were there, I genuinely thought I was going to have to be taken to the hospital. I was so floored by that. I mean, it makes sense now, obviously, you know, not only with Beyonce's wins, which we will get into, and also to be there for Megan and to celebrate with her. But I, if you asked me to put money on it, I would have said 100% there's no way that they're there. That's definitely the award show that they show up to, obviously, being the music family that they are. But it's not a guaranteed. It's not a consistent thing every year. Even when she's nominated, there has been years in the past where she didn't show up. But I saw a tweet about it that somebody had said, and it was like, I never get sick of seeing an audience and seeing Beyonce and Jay-Z exactly where they're supposedly like meant to be. Like, it's not out of the norm. It's not like they showed up at something that like you would never in a million years expect them to be at. And every single time we react, like we cannot for the life of us believe that they are sitting in front of us on the TV. It's just funny because one, that's a sentiment that's definitely echoed by the masses or a lot of people, not everyone. I'm sure there are some people listening that think that's ridiculous, but I still feel that way. And I think what it comes down to is there are some people where you just feel like they always have something more important to do. I guess because that's that like saying of, you know, you have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce, which I don't really like that saying for other reasons. I feel like that's so in our heads constantly that you always feel like, okay, there has to be something else that they're doing. And then it's like, no, there's not. This is exactly where they want to be. And if they didn't want to be there, they wouldn't be. So yes, that pan was, I would say, impactful. And then we will get into this, but to have Beyonce on stage next to Megan, and there was a really good tweet that basically said, like, to have your idol, meaning Beyonce is Megan's idol, look at you in that way with this sheer happiness and sheer respect that Beyonce had for Megan and admiration and pride was very special to watch, even if you are not a fan of either of them. Megan's reaction to seeing Beyonce, because it was clearly a surprise for her too. Like she clearly didn't know that she was going to be there because when she saw her, it was genuine shock. That was the single best part of the night for me. She was genuinely more excited about Beyonce being there than the Grammy itself. I I know there, the Twitter last night when they saw her face seeing Beyonce was phenomenal. These are the nights award show Twitter is really something special. Even on the worst night of award shows, Twitter is still special. No, it really was. And and you could tell also there are very few moments and there's so many. I know we're kind of bouncing around here. There's so many moments that I want to get into, but there are so few moments when you feel like Beyonce is surprised because she's incredibly calculated in the way that she operates. And that's not negative. It just, she is. And so when you saw the sheer shock on her face, when she found out that she broke that record for most awarded female in Grammy history, and then also most awarded singer, either male or female, I have to say that was a moment that I was not anticipating to happen. Not her winning, the fact that she would be so surprised. Yeah, except the first time when they told her that she had tied the record and she was so caught off guard. She's like, what is happening in the middle of Meg's award? Like, that was so funny. Birthed a million memes, obviously. But then when she won and she went ahead on the award, it was just, it was a special moment. I love watching an award show where you are witnessing history being made. Obviously, every award show is really special in its own way in that sense when you just break down the fact of like, who was getting awards? Is it their first award? Is it their first award in this category? Is it this person's first time ever being nominated? Like all of those things are really, really special. And there's a lot of history that happens. But when you watch history of that magnitude happen, it makes a whole award show all the more special. And it makes you really lucky to be witnessing that. 
Yeah. And I think you were the one that said this last night. I can't remember if it was you or Isabel about how obviously last year when Billie Eilish was winning back to back, that was really exciting in its own right. And that I think had a certain power in and of itself. But the fact that it was almost broken up last night, I think personally, if I was choosing, I loved that even more because you got to see so many different presences just come on the stage and everybody brought with them such a different energy. And I I texted Julie, I was like, I'm having the best night of my life. Like, is this a, is this the best concert you've ever been to? And she was like, yes, me too. And you're right. That's what I was saying. Like, it really felt like the love was spread out. And last year, Billie was so, so, so unbelievably deserving of everything she got. So I didn't like necessarily get sick of watching her win because I was so happy and felt like such a genuine sense of pride. And like, she just fully deserved everything that was coming her way. But at the same time, you miss that sense of everybody coming up, different awards being won, different people popping up throughout the night. Like that was definitely missing last year. And this year it just felt like the love was so spread out. Like you watched all of your friends winning and what's better than that. No, there is nothing better. And I actually wanted to read this post from Evan Ross Katz. He posted a tweet from May 27th, 2014, when Megan the Stallion tweeted and said, I need a team because I promise this rap shit is going to take off for me. And he put that overlaid with her holding her Grammys. And you know something? There's something about those moments when you can go back to a tangible example of somebody, I don't know if you want to say manifesting their success or publicly believing in themselves, that makes that pride even deeper. You can't make me cry in the middle of the podcast. Also, I mean, knowing a little bit more about Megan Thee Stallion, just because I feel like I really the last few months specifically, I just really took an interest in her because I was so blown away. And knowing the fact that you know she lost both of her parents and she had a lot of hardships in her life, which I recognize a lot of people have, you can just feel that her humility is incredibly authentic. And I, I just root for her so deeply. And so watching that, I think out of anyone last night, and I was a, there was a lot of people I was really happy for. I think if I had to choose, Megan was the one where I felt it like in my spine the most. Yes, me too. I I really agree with that. You're watching someone get the recognition they deserve and you're watching someone really rise to a place where they have so many fans as is and they have so many people who are vying for them, but now they're getting the recognition on just a different level. And it's overwhelmingly exciting to watch that happen for somebody who is so unbelievably deserving. It's literally inexplainable for me. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Also, you know, Taylor Swift winning for Folklore for Best Album of the Year, she's also the first female to win Album of the Year three times. And it was the kind of thing where I think we were all bracing. Like we knew it was going to happen or at least really hoped it was going to happen. And I could tell when she's up there, I think something that I really appreciate about Taylor is the impression that I always get about her is like she's – so genuinely from like the deepest level of her soul, happy to be on stage with the people that she's on stage with. And I know obviously when you are that level of fame, you have a team that you respect. But to me, it feels like the mutual respect between her and her team runs really deep. And I just always love watching those interactions. Yeah. Her also shouting out uh, James, Betty, and Inez's parents instead of saying Ryan and Blake was so funny to me. And they'll watch that when they're older and be like, I cannot believe this. Like that's, I'm sorry, that's the coolest thing ever. Like we always say, that is the best fun fact. Yes, it's cool enough that your parents are Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. It's also cool that you are such an integral part of like Taylor Swift's music. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it is really crazy. 
also like, I know we're kind of all over the place in terms of order, but I don't care. I like it like this. The night starting out with that Harry performance really did something for me. And I have to say, one of my favorite parts of award nights and running an Instagram account during award season is the way that people very candidly respond to our stories. Because a lot of times people have put their kids down for the night and they've had a few glasses of wine and they really just let it all out in our DMs, which I love. It's a safe space to share. And the amount of moms, like specifically married women that were messaging us being like, don't ever tell my husband, but this is my number one fantasy happening when it came to Harry Styles' performance, kept me going throughout the night. It's probably their husband's biggest fantasy as well. I know. Like, come on. No. (laughs) Harry in a leather suit with no shirt on underneath should be illegal. I don't even understand how that was allowed to be put on TV because you know what? It was just a different level. No, there was too much happening. And I I always think back to, I guess it was the Grammys from two years ago when I candidly said, and I still will admit this, that I was late to the Harry Styles hype. I wasn't like, you know, a One Direction person. And to say that I get it is a really big understatement. I really, really get it. He's one of the very few male artists where I like feel something deep in levels of my soul in other places. Wow. there's only a few. I feel like every single male artist just like does it for me. No, you know that that's not how it is for me. I know. It's just so interesting. But yeah, I mean, the Harry hype is real and deserved. And I think that at one time or another, we all fall victim to it. Oh, we absolutely do. Also, the tweets when Dua Lipa was performing were just, they were just pristine. Really. I mean, the one that was like rough night for my sexuality with a picture of Dua Lipa next to a picture of Harry Styles. You didn't know where to look first. And that is what I call a good award show. Yes. I love Dua because it feels like a long time since we've had a true pop star. And you know how I feel about pop stars. I love a pop star. And she said this in her speech when she won last night where she was saying, um, I loved this album because it took me till now to understand that like, My music doesn't have to be sad or deep to be important. There's so much to be said for happiness. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. There is so much to be said for music that just makes you dance and Dua nails it. Oh, I mean, that's how I feel about Bruno Mars, which is why him and Anderson Pack, aka Silk Sonic, I was feeling that everywhere. Like that to me is the type of music where I always said if my mom was alive, she would be watching the Grammys with me dancing the entire time. And that is how when I was growing up, I would like categorize a good night if my mom was dancing the whole night. And my mom would have been dancing so much last night. Do a leap. It's everyone, to everyone. But specifically when Bruno and Anderson came on, I like looked up. I was like, mommy, I know you're loving this one. (laughs) To go a different direction with that statement, (laughs) I I saw a tweet that was like, I can't even fathom the number of babies that are going to be conceived to this Silk Sonic album. It's a lot. It's already a lot and we don't even know yet. I When I heard that song for the first time, it, because it dropped like what was it a week ago, two weeks ago? I we listened to it like nine times on repeat because it was just so good. And when they performed it last night, I was like, it is literally like like it's butter on your screen. I can't even. Nothing has ever been smoother, silkier. Like I, there's not enough adjectives in the world to describe the two of them together. Yes, and I also want to say, you and I have like a whole other level of appreciation for the baby that has definitely happened over the last few months. And so when he's performing Rockstar with Roddy, Julie and I were like really having a moment. Like that is our shit. And to watch him with that Chanel pin owning that stage, also having just seen 
a few hours earlier, the fact that he made his own red carpet so that his daughter could get all dressed up and show it off. Julie and I were thriving during that performance. When I tell you that I was sitting there, I don't, I cannot explain the logic behind what I'm about to say because they were on the same stage. The baby went first and then it was going to be Dua. And I was like, oh my God, please let the baby do his birth. And I wasn't sure that he was going to, even though they were on the same stage. And when he came out, I was like, this is the best concert, the best performance I've ever been to. This song with the baby on it makes me want to go out for the first time in five years. <laughs> and I don't think people understand the magnitude of that statement because there's nothing that makes us want to go out. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. And that song, I, I always see tweets that are like, oh, I can't wait to hear the song in a bar. I can't wait to hear the song in a club. Like it's going to go crazy. And I'm always like, I'm fine listening to it in bed. Like I'm, I have no qualms about that. Maybe a car ride will be fun with it. When I heard that last night, I was like, take me to a club. And when everybody's saying the clubs, you and I are like, this would be amazing for a car ride. I, yeah, I love a car ride. And by the way, I've listened to that song a million times in a car and it hits every single time. So yeah. no worries there if we can't get to the club to hear it. There were so many good moments. Like I'm looking at this list and we have so many written down, but there are so many that are also just coming to my head. Like when Lizzo is said bitch and then freaked out and was like, Megan, don't laugh at me. And then ends up presenting the award to Megan and she's having a hard time opening it. Like the whole thing, those are the moments where that candid nature, as a viewer, I find it to be just so endearing. And that's what I want to see. And I think that that is why, although I would imagine that last night was probably even at times had to be more produced on the back end because there were so many logistics that had to factor into play. It never felt overly produced. It felt so natural. And that natural feeling, all of those moments contributed to that. And I really, like, I just, I can't communicate enough how much I enjoyed last night. And I get it. We're all looking for forms of escapism. Maybe the bar is a little bit lower in our minds because on one level, we just want a night to kind of zone out. It brought me such a sense of happiness last night. And I really needed that. I had a very rough week last week. And so to be able to kind of just like, be invigorated by the music was so special. And there were so many moments of the night, like everything felt really special and like it all had its own moment, but fast paced and not boring. And it was so about the music. And I don't know, I just appreciated it so much. I had so much fun watching it. I genuinely enjoyed it, which is not something I can say for every single award show. The pairings of the people, the star power, like it was just, it felt right again. Also, I will say, although his job, I guess, was less labor intensive than previous years because there was less of, I don't know, focus on the host. I do think that Trevor Noah did an excellent job. He moved it along really nicely. He had great banter when he needed to with the performers, with the audience. Also, the shared excitement that I felt with him after Cardi's performance I really understood. Like, I know not everybody is a fan of that song. Not everybody is a Cardi fan and that's fine and I respect it. But personally for me, I, I mean, that was the time of my life. By the way, you saying shared experience just remind me, Dua really killed the share look last night. She really did, right? Yeah, I was like, I'm getting such 1974 Grammy share vibes and I love it so much and I love it for her. Yes. Also, just performance wise. I mean, everyone. There was not one that I didn't like. So just to list them all out is just ridiculous. But Marin Morris with John Mayer was, I thought, absolutely fucking phenomenal. I thought BTS Dynamite. It was just every single one. It was killer after killer. And we were so excited. Like I really missed that magic. You know what's amazing about BTS? Aside from everything. Their sets are so spectacular and they recreate them. So for example, like last night they recreated 
the whole uh, red carpet for them to perform on. When they were on James Corden, they recreated Corden's set for them to perform on. Like it's all coming from Korea, but they're recreating it there so they can make it feel like it's here. And they do such an incredible job with it. And everything about them is so fun to watch. If you haven't discovered BTS, I really recommend like doing a little bit of a dive into them because at the very least, I think you'll have so much fun watching them. But the added element of the way they do their sets makes every performance they give so special. I know. And to watch the appreciation of that from the internet, I also really love because it's it's nice when that attention to detail is not only appreciated, but also really applauded and celebrated. And it really is when it comes to them. Yeah, definitely. Also, when her one song of the year for I Can't Breathe, which was co-written by Tiara Thomas, I was watching their pre-show interview with Juliana Rancic on the red carpet. And Juliana made a comment about how the energy between them is like clearly so magnetic and they really have this deep bond. And her said something like, no, she's family. Basically alluded to the fact that their comfort level is incomprehensible almost with each other and the, the journey together of like writing. So having that knowledge and watching that before and then to watch them up there together, to me made it even additionally more exciting and more of a special moment. Yeah, I love that so much. And one other thing that I wanted to say to you, we didn't talk about this, but I am so glad that we watched that Billie Eilish documentary because I really felt when I was watching her perform, like I was watching it through a totally different lens. Again, not because it completely changed my perspective on her. I know we had that discussion, like the distinction between a Paris Hilton documentary and a Billie Eilish one, but I really just felt like I was so much more well-informed. It almost felt like I, I was getting a behind the scenes that we didn't see at the Grammys, but I felt like I had it. I felt like I was the curtain was pulled back and I was let in onto some information that made me comprehend her as an artist a little bit better. And so thank you again for like, not making me, but for putting that in the outline and and having me watch it because I really would not have, we didn't have a podcast and I'm so glad I did. My favorite thing in the entire world is just putting things in the outline so that you'll watch it. I have to start doing it with things that we don't even talk about on the podcast. Yeah. You can put do with anything. I, I can't wait. Also, you're so right about Billy. The way it feels after watching the documentary, I mean, for me, I think it's a little different because I definitely was very on board with her for a little bit longer than you were. But after seeing and watching the documentary, I think that it kind of gives you the feeling of like, if somebody were to say something negative about her, you'd like step up. You know what I mean? Like you would, you would be well equipped to defend her. You would have all of the points to defend her with and you would feel very strongly about doing so. Yes, I think that's a good way to put it. And and also, not that anybody doubted Phineas's character and his commitment to his craft, but it's, like you said, it's a hard to even try to refute after watching that. Yeah, I'm a big, big Phineas fan. Me too. I mean, clearly we're missing so much. There's no way we could cover it all. But is there anything major that you wanted to touch on that we haven't yet? No, I, I think that's it. It was a great night, honestly. As I'm looking at this outline, I see the picture of Harry with the open leather and the tattoos, which normally I wouldn't say that I typically go for chest tattoos. It's not necessarily my thing, but you know, I it's it's looking more and more appealing, I have to just say. Harry could put anything on his chest and it would look appealing. Wow. I I'm really reflecting on it right now and um I don't think the hype is overhyped. I think it's like very real. No, it's it's definitely not overhyped. It's exactly deserving. And you know what? what? Sometimes I look at him and I'm like, 
your dimples itself could have its own conversation. Like we could leave everything out, the talent, everything else about you and just focus on your dimples and it would be its own conversation and you just have it all. I also have to say, I know I talked about this a little bit in the beginning. I know him and Taylor haven't dated in years, but there was something about watching them interact where I I couldn't get enough. For the life of me, I couldn't get enough. You saw he came over to her table. They're having this discussion and you felt like you were in the room. Yeah, TikTok who refers to them as as their divorced parents, we're really having a field day with that too. TikTok was on some other shit when that behind the scenes footage was released. Yeah, oh my god, I know. Anyway, I we could talk about this forever. We could make an entire episode just about this. I know there's so many points that we didn't mention, but just some of our highlights that we wanted to discuss and um I know we talked about this earlier, so I don't want to talk about it now, but you know, we spoke at length about the weekend when the nominations came out and about so many of the snubs and about a lot of the corrupt nature of the Grammys, and that is definitely still present. It doesn't go away. However, I think that and also enjoying the night just from a strictly performance perspective can coexist. And for me, it does. While I definitely think a lot of changes need to be made, I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy watching it last night. Yeah, definitely. I had such a weekend lens when I was kind of thinking about the Grammys afterwards because I was going through Beyonce and all of her wins. Obviously, she has 28 wins at the Grammys. She is the most awarded female. And I was making a TikTok of all of her acceptance speeches and and her Grammy wins or whatever. If you go through the categories, she is lacking in every major category. I think she has one win in the four major categories, and it was for single ladies for song of the year. Everything else that she has won is not a major category win, which is a disgrace. And so when she has 28 Grammy wins, just keep in mind that it probably should be significantly higher than that number. Yeah. So crazy when you think about that. Yep. Anyway, so we will take a break and we'll see you on the other side with A-Rod and J-Lo. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's get into this A-Rod and J-Lo stuff because I want to say, strictly from a news cycle perspective, this was really a whirlwind. This was not linear. This was done, I would say, pretty unconventionally. And I would be lying to you and to all of you listening if I said I have full clarity on what's going on from like a real perspective because some shit is just not adding up here. Yeah, I'm still definitely a little confused. So let's go through it. Let's take ourselves back a few days ago. First, on Friday, Page Six reports that they had split, they ended their two-year engagement. 
And earlier in that day, which you can call it context clues, you can just call it a coincidence, JLo had posted an Insta story of her on FaceTime with Mark Anthony. Mark was with their daughter, Emmy. And the caption was like, when they're sad, but mommy and daddy are there, hashtag coconuts, I love you, so proud of you. So of course, after the announcement came out, people thought that her daughter was sad because of her and A-Rod split. Who knows if that was just a coincidence, but that's kind of where Twitter was going with it, where a lot of the news outlets was coming with it. Okay. Obviously, keep in mind that when this story initially breaks, a huge conversation was, holy shit, is this because of Madison? As you guys remember, we covered it in depthly. Madison, one of the cast members of Southern Charm, on the reunion, there this whole thing came out that she had been FaceTiming with A-Rod, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember we had this very long conversation about, do you think J-Lo and A-Rod have an arrangement? If so, do you think that it excludes people in the public eye and that this was a little bit too sloppy for her likings? Like We went through a whole, I don't know, list of scenarios. Okay. On Saturday, contradicting reports come out that they're not broken up, but rather working through things. So this is from TMZ. I'm going to read you directly. Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez say reports of their demise as a couple have been greatly exaggerated. Both JLo and A-Rod tell TMZ, quote, all the reports are inaccurate. We're working through some things. We're also told what they're working through has nothing to do with the third party, which you can tell me you want that all day long. And there's no part of me that's going to believe that. I'm not saying it's Madison. I just have to think that that played a role. Some of that played a role, even if it had nothing to do with her directly, no like blame towards her. That news cycle was not one that JLo at this stage in her career is going to tolerate. And I feel very firmly about that. Yeah, I agree. Even if let's just say there was an arrangement in place for argument's sake, we can say that that's a thing. And therefore him FaceTiming with somebody else, him maybe even sleeping with somebody else wouldn't have been the deal breaker of the relationship. The fact that it was so messy and public and lowbrow is not something JLo is going to tolerate. So whether they're saying it's not a third party in the sense he can kind of do what he wants, it's still a third party or has to be a third party in the sense of this is not a situation that I want my name to be thrown in the middle of. And it's definitely not a situation that I want my relationship to have any part of. Yes. And listen, like, let's take the angle for a second that a lot of people have. And I would say some people rightfully so that really think that A-Rod and J-Lo together, it's close to loveless and it's just a business arrangement. It makes a lot of sense. They're both top in their fields. They're both, you know, really moving on to so many more corporate ventures and they make sense together. And even if you want to take that approach, which like doesn't make me feel like love is dead, I kind of get that. I think it's very strategic. Let's just go with that for a second. That's still, this situation would still fall under the category of hurting that impression of like solidarity and kind of this like unstoppable power couple because of the way that it went down. It's so true. You have to take into account the context of it all. And I just don't think JLo is down for a world where her potential situation with A-Rod is being exposed on a Southern Charm reunion when Craig Conover is too drunk and lets it slip. There's just no world in which she's down for that. I'm sorry. No, I totally agree with you. And I do think that even in a scenario where there was some sort of prior arrangement, that doesn't necessarily mean that the love they have for each other isn't or wasn't real. I, I don't think it necessarily needs to go to the extreme of if there's an arrangement, that means it's a business arrangement. I just think that it is a possibility. And I'm not saying this is the case at all, but I think if we're thinking in that direction, I think there's a possibility that he absolutely loves her. They absolutely love each other. They absolutely love the life they have together. Their relationship is 100% real, but there are things within or outside of the confines of their relationship that are allowed. 
Yeah. And I would like really deeply, that would not surprise me. And honestly, if you asked me two, three years ago, I probably would have been more surprised by the idea of that, not with them, just in general. But after finding out so many of the things I feel like we've found out just about the way these types of things work, nothing like that surprises me really deeply. I mean that. Yeah, no, I, I so agree with you. I think also something that can't be lost in all of this is that the shock factor doesn't just come from the fact that they were this extreme power couple and you looked at them and you were like, wow, how did this take so long? Every single thing you saw of them was just him absolutely adoring her. Every single performance, award show, anything she did, there was always the shot of him filming her with a camera or him looking so unbelievably proud and so in love. It was just every single thing. Every time you saw them together, you got that feeling. Even as their relationship progressed, even as it had been four years that they were together, it just felt like he never lost that sense. And it always felt really genuine to me. And then when you take the fact that they really blended their families and they both had a love for each other's kids that was so real and genuine, that's why the breakup is so, or the seeming breakup or the pending breakup is so upsetting and so makes you kind of like, I can understand people saying like, oh, love is dead. It's not just because they were this crazy, amazing couple. It's because you just watch them love each other so much. And now you're trying to navigate like, was that fake? Can you love somebody and still be sleeping with other people? Was it fake on his end? Like there's a lot of questions that it brings up and it's more confusion than anything else. Yeah, but but that kind of goes into exactly what I'm saying because like I'm not going to go as far as to say, I'm not going to be skeptical enough and a lot of people may. I just like choose to not because I think it makes our job more enjoyable. A lot of people could say that that entire image of him constantly being like the Croy Bierman to Kim Zolciak of, you know, almost being like a stage parent was a manufactured image. And I, again, I'm not going to go as far as to say that. I think that his excitement and his pride was genuine. However, whatever way you want to spin it, this this situation with Madison and the way that it played out really more so directly impacts that because you're right. Automatically, he loses credibility. Automatically, their authenticity is called into question. And that is not something that I think either of them welcome because you know what? It's not advantageous to their brands. It goes from being like, quote, embarrassing to they look at themselves, people like this look at themselves as businesses. And this is the type of thing where, you know what? This is this is not a good day in in our business kind of thing. Yes, a million percent yes. And going back for one second, I may not know a lot about the world of Bravo, but if there is one thing I know, it's that Croy Bierman's admiration and love is absolutely 100% genuine. Yeah, I will never. Julie, there's a lot of things I will do on this podcast. That is one thing that I will not question. And for any skeptics out there, you had to be there at BravoCon for the live Watch What Happens Live to watch the pure pride on this man's face when nobody was watching, although everybody was actually watching because everyone was turned around, although he didn't realize it. It was beaming. It was it was the only thing I can in my own life equate it to was when I looked down at our WeWork event and my dad was smiling ear to ear with tears in his eyes. That's the only frame of reference I have in my own life to somebody being that excited for another human being. Yeah, there will be no Croy Bierman slander ever in this house. No, never. I also just, just because I think it's fun, really briefly, I'd want to go through this timeline that we saw in Us Weekly. Okay. 1999, A-Rod and j meet for the first time and he asked her for her autograph. Okay. We're going to forward now 18 years to March, 2017. It's when they're first rumored to be dating. You guys remember that? That was 
the talk of the town. I'm sure that we talked about it on this podcast saying that it made so much sense. Why didn't this happen before? Okay. In April, 2017 is when A-Rod is on Ellen and he talks about how they reconnected. And he says, let me just read this one quote. Someone taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and I do not recognize this person. And it's Jennifer, but she's dressed up as Harley from Shades of Blue and she's in her jeans and her big boots. And it took me about four or five seconds. And she said, it's Jennifer, it's Jennifer. I go, oh my God, Jennifer, you look beautiful. I was so embarrassed. And then I got a little nervous and I'm like, this is so goofy. We all know who Jennifer is and she's everywhere. Then we basically had a small chit chat and she says, you have my number, reach out. And I went home that night and reached out. Keep in mind that night. Okay. Two years later, March, 2019, they get engaged while on vacation in the Bahamas. The ridiculous 15 carat ring worth one and a half million. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I was sitting at a dinner with my friend's parents and I was like, I'm so sorry to just have to abruptly leave, but TJ Khaled just commented and I need to post this. January, 2021, this year is when the whole Madison debacle happened. So for almost three, almost two full years, it was really smooth sailing in terms of not even a hint of a rumor. The only rumor that happened was when they first got engaged. Um, Jose Canseco had tweeted something about him cheating with his ex-wife, but they have such a feud that everyone was like, okay, this is ridiculous. But it's one of those things that maybe you look back on in retrospect and maybe you're like, Maybe there was something there. It's hard to know now. It really is. Like that relationship to me is one of those things where I almost don't remember time before it. Not in the sense of like, I don't remember what anything was like ever. I just don't remember a time when they weren't together. So for me, they so, you know, this era feels so defined by their relationship. And there's not a lot of couples that you can genuinely say that for because there's not a lot of couples that are still together like that. Um, But yeah, so now it's just like that whole timeline, it all felt really quick and their relationship really progressed quickly. I know it's kind of a longer timeline. It is four years, but it did feel like when you were watching them, like it was like, okay, they're rumored to be dating. Okay. Now this is really intense. Oh, their kids are together. Oh, they're spending holidays together. Oh my God, they're engaged. Like that's kind of how it happened. And every single step of the way you were just rooting so much for them. So for it to come out in the end that like there was something going on behind the scenes, whether you consider it to be innocent or not, is still something. Oh, of course, of course. No, that's that's definitely true. I mean, I don't know. I let's just let's just let's just keep a watch on this one because I don't know what's gonna happen. Everything could be all fine and dandy and they could get married and have this wedding and it's like nothing happened. But let's all just continue to monitor because I, I'm not so sure. Also, I, I didn't even mention her TikTok. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know, guys. Like, obviously, she has a whole team that did this. It wasn't JLo sitting down doing her own TikTok, and she's a very, I guess you could call it curated social media presence. I definitely don't think she's the one that's doing it. But she posted this TikTok to Sweetie Song, Pretty Bitch Freestyle. And in it, it showed just like moments from this year. But the headlines of Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez break up, call off two-year engagement, et cetera. And the headlines about her with her Botox and all that stuff are on the screen. And what I said to Julie when it happened, I was like, you know, I have to say this is a pretty interesting utilization of the TikTok medium in terms of a celebrity like JLo, meaning top of the top, it doesn't get more A-list, directly either refuting or commenting on these real-time marital claims in the form of a TikTok. Like, we haven't really seen that before. Yeah, it was really interesting that 
that happened like that. It was also confusing because it wasn't really a direct response. It wasn't like the video was about it. It popped up for one second on a whole slew of like a self-praise video almost. So it was kind of, I don't even know. It was just weird, but you're right. It was very interesting when you look at it from the angle of the different mediums and different platforms in which celebrities can comment directly on their own stuff. Cause that's something that you and I always feel so interested in. It really, you know, Twitter and Instagram, you know, first it was Twitter and then it was Instagram in terms of being able to do that. And now we're moving on to TikTok. So I think for us, just in general, kind of taking JLo and A-Rod out of the equation altogether for one second, it's just interesting to see the way in which that progresses. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's something that I would love to study more formally, you know, and learn from someone who can speak to it on a more like scientific level than scientific is a strong word, but you know what I mean? On a more like analytical level than we can, because we're no, we, we see it as viewers of the trend, but there are people that really research this stuff for a living. And I would like love to take a course or just to listen to a lecture on it because it really is a pretty fascinating concept. Yeah. And if anybody at TikTok happens to be listening to this episode, I would really love if I could share the videos that celebrities post refuting their own claims um, on TikTok, if I could send that to my friends without a little thing coming up at the top saying, hey, have you checked out this video? Journey starts here. That's actually something that would make me very happy. The amount of messages that we got on Instagram this week of people being like, is this happening to you guys too? It's not happening for everyone. For example, it doesn't happen with my phone, at least yet. But for anybody confused as to what Julie's talking about, TikTok, I guess last week started experimenting with this new concept where when you send a TikTok as a link to someone else in a text message, it adds a little phrase. So some people are like, the journey starts here. Some people say, you know, here, check this out. Like just really corny shit that you would never actually say if you're sending a TikTok to your friend. However, if you're sending it to somebody that doesn't know that that's not you, it like makes you look really fucking weird. And people were up in arms about this. I mean, we got so many messages. So if that's happening to you too, I think they're just testing it out and hopefully they'll end it. But we understand your frustration because it's very annoying, to be honest. I know that sounds like a stupid, dramatic thing, but I just don't understand why a social media platform that already has such growth from people sharing it would feel the need to do something that is so disadvantageous to their audience. I, the scenario I kept running in my head was like, if I was talking to a guy and like we were just started talking and I said no. that TikTok, no. it's all like, I actually have thought about it all week where I was like, imagine if it came through and they didn't know that the glitch was there. And it was like, Hey, have you checked this video out? I, I, I don't even know what I would do. No, I can't talk about that. That just like gave me, as they say, the ick, like just thinking about that. That's really secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. It's kind of like when I'm voice noting someone for the first time and it says like, Emma Diamond kept an audio message. And then I have to send a follow up and be like, by the way, it's going to tell you that I kept the audio message. It's not because I'm specifically keeping this one. I just have my settings on. So it stays for all of them. It's like one of those. The worst is when that happens and you're talking shit. Everyone's like, wait, what are you doing? And you're like, no, no, no. I swear. I swear. Like it just keeps, I'm not, I, I'll delete my own text messages. I promise. I can't tell you how many times I've sent screenshots of the conversation after I like went and did the extra step of deleting the voice notes just to prove to the person that it wasn't an intentional thing. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break and we'll come back with Haley Kendall and Kardashians. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And 
I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, so as you may or may not have seen, Haley Bieber launched her YouTube channel, which there's a lot of rumors that she's coming out with her own skincare brand. So I would imagine the timing is kind of cohesive. But her series is called Who's in My Bathroom? And her first guest was Kendall. But I just want to say for the last few weeks, maybe the last few months, Haley has been posting almost every day her outfit of the day picture in her bathroom mirror. So much to the point where it's become a discussion on the internet because she sometimes will put emojis over her bathroom counter to kind of like block out what's on there. And now that I saw she launched this series, it made a lot of sense why she was doing that because it was the type of thing where if you're somebody that's an avid social media goer, an avid Haley story follower, you automatically make that mental connection of like, oh, this makes a lot of sense that she's doing this bathroom series when her bathroom has become such a huge part of her social media. And so it's such a small thing like that, but the steps make a lot of sense when you think about it from like a planning angle. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. As soon as I saw it was in the bathroom, I was like, oh, classic outfit of the day photo becoming larger than life and a YouTube channel in and of itself. Because I, like I said last week, I think it was, I screenshot every single story that she posts for Outfit Inspo. So for her to have this YouTube channel where she's going to have her famous friends on, have Kendall on, have Justin on, go through her outfits, like what more could you ask for? No, I honestly, listen, in the scheme of things, I know a lot of people may think this is underwhelming. And if you're the type of person that's not going to care, you're not going to care. It was a series with Kendall. She came on, they made mac and cheese, they played Never Have I Ever, and they drank Kendall's tequila. So if you're somebody that like the sound of that sounds unenjoyable to you, you're not going to like it. You're going to find it really underwhelming and really stupid. And I totally get and respect that. However, if you're somebody that that sounds like fun too, you should definitely watch it. It's like 12 minutes and it's just a fun watch because the thing is you can't fake on-camera chemistry and Kendall and Haley are genuinely really good friends and they talk about how Haley was friends with Kylie first, which we've all known, but it wasn't until Kendall got into modeling and she started spending so much time in New York and Haley obviously was in New York that they really bonded and they became significantly closer than her and Kylie to the point where they're each other's best friends. And so to see their dynamic, they really just know so much about each other. There was like one where they're saying, you know, never have I ever kissed the same guy as my best friend. Obviously they drink to that. Just so many little things like that, little moments that again, if the description that I said sounds interesting, you'll like it. And if it sounds miserable and like something you don't care about, you won't because it's exactly as I'm describing it. I have to say that I have a friend who does not care about Justin at all. And like byproduct doesn't care about Haley. Like is just not interested in anything they do. Never watches their Instagram stuff. Never, you know, checks in on them. And she happened to watch the video of 
Haley and Kendall and was like, I think I am genuinely the biggest Haley fan right now. So I think there is an element of even if you don't like her, there is something to be said for what she's doing that might reach across an audience of people that previously had no opinion or maybe a negative opinion. Well, it was just such an easy watch because the the like relationship with Kendall was so organic. And there's so much shit with these types of quote productions that are so inorganic. So when you see something like that, it just makes it enjoyable. It's kind of like, you know, if you were going to watch Chance and Justin do something together, it would just be natural. It would just be seamless. And there's just always something about that. It's kind of like Anderson and Andy hosting New Year's Eve. You just enjoy those things a little bit more. Exactly, exactly, exactly. How many episodes on do you think we're going to have to wait to get Justin? Uh, you know what? I honestly don't know. I don't want to put a number on it. Although she came out pretty strong with Kendall as number one. I would have to imagine she's going to wait a few for Justin, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I could see Justin being – he'll either be second or she'll throw him in as like the sixth guest. I think we're going to have Justine Sky for sure. I think Kylie will probably come on. Um. I don't know. There's a lot that I can envision. Obviously, your stylist will be on it for an episode. Yeah, Maeve. Yep. Yeah. Clean herself. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Anyway, moving on to the Kardashian recap. So this video came out this morning. Julie, I don't even think you watched it yet. I... I mean, that's when you were literally moving apartments. But um, Kim did this thing for Vogue. They have this series called Good Morning Vogue. And there were two parts to it. Kim was the second part. The first was Dapper Dan, who's this guy is basically like a fashion icon of Harlem. And he was getting vaccinated. And he kind of just talked about the experience, which I really enjoyed watching as well. I watched the, through the whole thing. And in Kim's, you know, it was nothing revolutionary, but she was kind of just talking about the ending of the show and how emotional that was for her and what it felt like when, you know, the audio person handed her that microphone that she's had since season one and telling the crew and all of those moments that I think we've all kind of been anticipating, but just to hear her talk about it. And she talked about some of her legal work. She talked about, you know, she says to the guy, listen, I'm doing this interview and I really have to be writing an essay. So when I'm done with this, like, I'm going to have to get back to writing that essay. And you could tell it, it wasn't full of shit and just her advocacy. And I don't know, I just, I could watch her talk endlessly just because I always find myself enjoying what she has to say more than any of the other Kardashians, like significantly more than any of the other Kardashians. Now that we have um, my whole morning situation fixed out, I can't wait to watch that after we finish this. Like I said to you, it's not some insane revolutionary must watch kind of thing, but this is somebody, the person that was interviewing her is somebody that 
has interviewed her over the years and I think did one in 2019 for New York Magazine. So he's been able to watch her evolution. Obviously, we are seeing it. And I also want to say that she spoke a lot about skims. And when he was asking her, you know, how did you know that you wanted to do this? She said that for her, the reason she started it, one was because she always looks for like where there's a missing piece in her life. And in terms of her daily needs, it was always with shapewear. And she said that herself, she couldn't even find a skin tone that matched. And so the lack of shade range was really appalling for her. She's like, so if I can't find one, how is my daughter when she grows up going to find one? And that was one of the reasons that inspired her to kind of start skims because she found that frustration to run so deep. And thank God she did. I honestly didn't realize that. I thought that it was solely because, you know, she would wear dresses that had a slit on the right side and she could never find shapewear that was one-sided. I had no idea that it was also a shade range issue, which is something that is prominent not just in shapewear, but in so many different undergarments. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Last thing that I wanted to mention Kardashian-wise was, did you see this page six thing about Kanye? I did see that. Yes. Okay. I just want to read this one thing. You guys can tell me what you think. A page six article came out that a source says, quote, even before Kim filed for divorce, Kanye changed his numbers and said, you can contact me through my security. Despite this, she trusts him around the kids. He loves them and is seeing a lot of them. She leaves the house and he arrives and hangs out with the kids. They have an army of nannies, so the transition is easy. Do you have thoughts on the accuracy of that? Um, I actually don't have thoughts on it. <laughs> I I don't know if that's 100% true. It seems unlikely that he wouldn't be taking her calls or that she would put up with him not taking the calls and still allow him to see the kids just because it, it seems like you gotta, you gotta work with her a little. There's no way that this can be a smooth transition if you're not able to be in contact with each other. Again, is it the craziest, most unsurprising thing I've ever heard? No, not at all. Not in the slightest. So I'm fall in the middle of, (laughs) it could be true. It could not be. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I think there's aspects to that that seem really truthful. I I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see how this one progresses. I know a lot of people ask us like, what do you think about KKW Beauty? And do you think she's going to drop the W and this and that? I don't really know. Um, I don't even have a gut feeling on it. I think that we were going to have to just see how how it progresses. And it's funny that a last name has become such a fixture in terms of people's fascination with this story. And I kind of understand it because when she made that transition, she made it hard. And she was the first one to correct everyone, you know, add the West, add the West. And so it will be unique now that obviously she has kids with that last name, how I guess you could say that devolves. Yeah. And you've already seen it uh, starting to where she'll post her cards and the gifts that she's gotten. And it'll say Kim Kardashian instead of Kim Kardashian West, where they always, always, every single one said West. So you're definitely starting to see that uh, devolve from what it used to be. But it is interesting just in terms of branding, because obviously, <laughs> just at the very basic level, KKW Beauty sounds way better than KK Beauty. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily think that that's something that she would 100% drop. I don't know. I mean, I will say that when Chloe sent her the Good American PR locker and it said KK, that was like very telling because that's obviously within the family. Right. I don't know. I mean, I know for a lot of people, this shit is so stupid, but if you're listening to this section, I have to imagine you care. I didn't even tell you this, Julie, but today's my parents' anniversary. And I was sitting at the kitchen table with my dad this morning and he was saying that when he was writing checks, he, you know, he didn't like think about this, but he saw obviously the date and he started to cry when we were sitting down. And I like, I wasn't crying, but I definitely got a little emotional. And I 
genuinely, like honest to God, the fact that we were about to go do a Grammys recap was like, made me feel like the best distraction, you know? So like it's moments like that and, and days like today where I'm grateful for it even a little bit more. And it's even another reason that I'm unwilling to apologize for something that makes me happy. Like what the, why should we ever do that ever? Any of us about anything? Yeah, no, I unwilling to apologize. And that is so sweet. And also <laughs> just on the order of too close, I was, as you were saying, I was like, oh, I had no idea your parents got married so close to your dad's birthday. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, too close. That's Julie, Julie and Isabel and I have this joke where we just like say too close when we mention things that like you would never know unless you're this intertwined in each other's lives. And that's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to mention? No, that's it. I loved this episode. Wait, I had, the, I had so much fun. Me too, obviously. This morning really turned around, I got to tell you. I did, did not expect it to. Me neither. Well, we love you guys so much as always. Thank you for listening and First of all, Kardashians comes back this week. So our episode on that will be this week. Isabel and I will also be here for Bravo. And if you enjoy listening, if this makes you happy, if it makes your community or day a little better and you feel so inclined to leave a nice review, I really, really would appreciate it. But as I always say, just listening is the best gift that you could give us. So thank you. Love you guys. And we'll see you later this week. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.